Well, hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This is Stinchfield, of course, the podcast. A lot to talk about with everything going on in Israel today, everything going on in the world today. What role has China played in all of this? You know, everybody is talking about Iran, 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 Iran. Well, who has set up Iran to orchestrate the attack from Hamas into Israel? China. China is the quiet provocateur is what I am calling China through all of this. They know exactly what they're doing, sowing this chaos in the Middle East because it debilitates not just Israel, but it debilitates the United States as well. So uh, with that, let's get the party. uh, Let's get the party started here. This is Stitchfield. Uncensored and unapologetic. This is Stinchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stinchfield. All right, welcome, folks. So my guest, as usual, is Nicole Tsai with the New Federal State of China, the organization literally trying to take down and replace the CCP. Uh, Nicole, welcome to the program. Hey, Grant, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you on, Nicole. You know, it's... um, It's nothing new, you and I talking about China trying to uh, instigate chaos around the world. I think this attack on Israel is another example. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, the CCP has been spending over a decade planting their influence in Middle East, and they want to stir up the pot. And so they have been a long supporter of Palestine and Syria and even though the CCP has been the, one of the biggest beneficiary of Israeli's military and innovation, the CCP does not stand on the same side with uh, Israel. And as we already can tell from this Beijing statement, they refuse to condemn Hamas. I mean, they want Middle East to be in chaos. They want America to be dragged into another open-ended war on the foreign land because next year is the U.S presidential election and um, CCP wants to take over Taiwan. So they're choosing a perfect timing to stir the pot. You know, it amazes me because Chuck Schumer and the small delegation of uh, of uh, American politicians goes over to China this week and they say, oh, we don't want to decouple from China. China is saying, oh, let's let's deescalate all of this. Yet, They're turning to China. They're not holding China accountable, just as this administration doesn't seem to be holding Iran accountable. Well, that's something that is very bizarre because we, uh, uh, Secretary Blinken's first response is that they did not have any direct evidence showing Iran is involved in this Hamas attack. And then days later, we saw from the Wall Street and Reuters report, Iran has been, been, you know, behind this. They've been planning this for over a year, and then the Iranian uh, military, uh, you know, they they say, hey, we did this, we're, we're responsible for this. And so I think that why we're not addressing the root cause of the problem, and it's Iran, it's the CCP, and I think maybe, you know, they have other diplomatic reasons uh, for not naming the names, because once they name the name, America might, uh, you know, be dragged into a war directly. Uh- all right, let me play a clip for you from Miles Guo, one of the founders of the new federal state of China. As I always, just to recap for anybody that's new to the program that doesn't know, uh, Chinese billionaire, dissident, who is now speaking out and, and formed the new federal state of China to take down the CCP, 
sitting in a federal jail right now on trumped up charges, a political persecution hit job, in my opinion. Um, but this is him. He has been so spot on with every prediction he he makes. This goes back to uh, last year. He made this prediction. Let me play it for you and then uh, and then get your response. What does the CCP plan to do? Most likely start a war in the Middle East. They want to spark the war throughout East Europe. Then another war in Middle East. Then the Europe will be in hell. Because the major issue of Europe is the natural gas. Ironically, Israel. So the natural gas and also oil. So, Nicole, it's interesting he brings up the oil because that seems to be the key to every piece of aggression when it comes to bad actors, whether it's Vladimir Putin, high oil prices allow him to go into Ukraine, whether it's Iran, high oil prices now allow them to start funding all kinds of terror again across the globe. High oil prices, of course, because this administration has made us reliant on the world instead of the United States for energy. And lo and behold, Nicole, who's buying all this oil from these bad actors and propping them up? China. It is all about oil. I mean, the CCP is the world's biggest importer of the Gulf oil, and um, a significant portion of the CCP's oil import is through the uh, Strait of Hormuz. And so that's why the CCP has been increasing its economical clout through the Road and Belt Initiative and through the diplomatic relations, like they brokered the reconciliation of Saudi Arabia and Israel earlier this year, and also military presence. The CCP wants to control the Middle East and they want to, to form an ally against the US and the free world. And so this is why the uh, CCP's Belt and Road Initiative is so successful mm-hmm. in Middle East. More than 15 countries, uh, you know, on both sides of the Gulf have signed up for CCP's uh, Belt and Road Initiative, including Israel. Nicole, it's a loan shark program is what it seems like to me. Yes, they, they absolutely. Give you, they give you these great deals. And then, you know what? Oh, boy, if you don't pay back, guess what? We own it all and we take everything. I mean, this is like the mafia. It is. I mean, the CCP is a transnational criminal group. I mean, and they do things in the long term, very unlike the U.S. short term, you know, corporate strategy, always looking at the next quarter earning call. The CCP has always been planning a long shot for Middle East. They have spent over a decade and trying to influence and trying to control that region. And right now, the CCP has replaced, after Trump left the White House, the CCP has literally replaced the U.S. as a you know peacemaker, so-called peacemaker or power broker in that region. And remember, Saudi had more than 70 years good relationship with the U.S., but it's Xi Jinping, not Biden, who brokered that uh, renewed relationship between Saudi and Israel. And so I think that uh, when Trump was in the White House, there's no war, zero war on the foreign land that U.S. is involved. After he left the White House, there's a Ukrainian war and there's the um, Hamas attack. And very soon there will be another war in Indo-Pacific. Yeah. And that's the war in the Taiwan Strait. So many people may not like Trump as a person, but his policy really works. And the CCP knows that. And the Iranians and Kim Jong-un, all all of our enemies knows Trump's policy work. 
You know, I go back to when President Trump took out Soleimani, the butcher of Iran, responsible for killing so many, so many people across the globe, including Americans. He takes out Soleimani. Everybody said, oh, World War III is going to start. But the exact opposite happened. The entire Middle East went, went quiet. They went quiet because the only way you deal with bullies is by punching them in the face. And President Trump through a, a overhand roundhouse to Iran when they took out Soleimani, which is why I believe America should be acting right now to take out either the nuclear facilities, oil refineries in Iran, take to the fight to them immediately, stop this nonsense while Israel goes into Gaza and, and the, and the uh, West Bank and, and the Gaza Strip and takes out Hamas fighters so we don't get drawn into this long war. I don't want two years of America just spending money and experts over in Israel. I want this thing done in, in literally days, maybe a couple weeks. But I don't think that's, that's possible right now with this administration to take that kind of decisive, swift action. Well, you know, dragging America into an, an uh, open-ended foreign war is exactly what the CCP wanted to achieve. They want to drain America, and they know America cannot afford to fund three wars at the same time while America itself facing its own border crisis. I mean, at the southern border, you did excellent reporting about so many uh, fighting-age, military-age men coming across the border from countries that support that supports Hamas attack. America has a lot of our own problem. And next year is the election. And CCP also aims to interfere with the US election next year. So I don't think it's it works for the America's best interest right. to get involved into other countries war. And America should address the real sponsor behind all of these proxy wars, that is the CCP. It's and to the contrary, we just saw the Biden administration's Commerce Department gave indefinite waiver to two, uh, to, uh, to two South Korean companies that produce chip, semiconductor chips in China factory. I mean, that's another big concession. Right. So if we really want to stop our involvement into the foreign proxy war, cutting off the uh, financial fund to CCP. Yeah. Uh, you, you cut the financial funds to the CCP, you decouple, and then you, you bring the price of oil down and it solves everything. But the immediate the immediate threat right now, uh, of course, as a response to what happened in Israel, is Hamas. I want to role play a game with you, okay, Nicole? Pretend I'm president of the United States. And you can agree or disagree whether my assessment is to go in to Iran. But I bring you into the Oval Office, Nicole, as an expert on China. And I said, Nicole Tsai with the new federal state of China, as commander in chief, I'm going to strike Iran. I'm going to strike them hard. I'm going to take out their oil refineries. I'm going to take out their, their nuclear facilities as well. What do you predict to be China's response? See, so many people are predicting, oh, this will start a, a giant war. I do not believe that to be the case. I don't believe Russia is in any position right now to be to be fighting America. And I don't think China wants it, not over this. They just want us drawn in. So I'm going to ask you your opinion if you were advising the president, and I would love to be if I was the president, this would be great. Uh, what do you say to me? I tell you I'm going to strike. What do you predict China's response would be? I think I'll be worried about the CCP's global campaign to manipulate uh, so many countries' perception 
about this action because the CCP has spent billions of dollars in so many countries controlling the narrative. And so, and so we will have a lot of explanation to do to justify and to just look what happened to the work you know, um, a movement in this country. I mean, the CCP is behind the BLM. The CCP is behind the Solidarity Palestine movement. The CCP is behind a lot of the narratives that are anti-America. So I think the CCP has also controlled the entire world's uh, narrative. Do you think the CCP would take military action against any American assets if I was to do that as president? Why not? The CCP has been longing to attack America. And so right now they just avoid um, direct confrontation. Like Xi Jinping told Senator Chuck Schumer last last week that China has 1,000 reasons to make the U.S.-China relation work, not single reason to make things worse. It's, it's deceptive. I mean, the China, the CCP has launched the economic warfare against the U.S. for decades, and the bioweapon warfare, the CCP virus has killed millions of American people's life, financial coercion. And so those, the CCP is attacking on America on so many fronts that you know the military kinetic confrontation is not their best way to go. That's, that's what they believe. They want to stir the pot. They want to drain America, make America weak. And that's why they say this is the 3F strategy, ferment weakness, ferment chaos, ferment destruction from within. So they didn't have to attack America you know, on the front right. with military weapons. Because that is a public relations nightmare. See, America isn't awake to the idea that they're stealing our intelligence. We know that, and we talk about it. The people listening to this program do, but most Americans don't understand it. They don't understand the releasing of the virus on the world and allowing it to spread the way they did, maybe even on purpose. People don't understand that, but they would understand if we had an, a U.S. destroyer in the Mediterranean that was somehow attacked or, or, the, or the South China Sea that was somehow attacked by, by uh, Chinese military jets or missiles that would spark a huge conflict. So if I'm understanding what you're saying, and this is really important because uh, I do believe under a Trump administration, it would be an option to hit back at Iran in a military fashion. The fear would be that they would escalate their war against the United States, whether it's another virus, whether it's it's uh, fermented chaos, public relations, media, uh, whether it's the woke nonsense on our college campuses, whether it's uh, cyber attacks. But you're not convinced they would attack us militarily. Well, I think America's best strategy is to deter and prevent a war from happening, not to encourage a war, because military confrontation hurts civilians you know, destroys economy. And people who don't believe that the CCP can do the most heinous, uh, most evil things to an America should read the book written by two PLA colonels, and that's called The Unrestricted Warfare. The CCP did not want to take on the traditional warfare, and that's why they want to do the economical warfare, lawfare, and bioweapon. I mean, they have so many things on the table, you know, and this is this is where I don't know. This may be the first time we differ a a little bit, because I think the best way to deter these bullies 
is to hit them hard, hit them fast, and to use Iran as an example. I'm not really sure China really cares about Iran. They're just using them as pawns in their game to ferment chaos, as you as you say. We hit Iran hard. Every other bad actor is going to say, uh-oh, what would they do next if we tried something? Now, you'd have to prevent China from doing what they did to President Trump simply for putting tariffs down. President Trump puts tariffs on China, and I believe that's why this virus was unleashed, because he started to go after the economy. How do you yeah. battle that? How do we protect and insulate the United States from that happening? I don't know. Maybe you up the maybe you up the tariffs and the and sanctions against China. I I think that I do agree with you that uh, your theory makes a lot of sense because currently the U.S. sanction that has been placed on Iran has proven to be ineffective because the oil sanction enabled the CCP to be, become the biggest beneficiary. I mean, the CCP ended up being one of the biggest buyer of Iranian mm-hmm. oil. And the U.S. sanction on Russia also benefited the CCP because the CCP buys from Russia. So I think that financial san- uh, sanctions have failed to do its wonder. And so military option should be one of the options. So we'll see. The, the, the difference between Trump and Biden is they never knew what they were going to get from President Trump. His unpredictability alone <laughs> was what made him so powerful. With yes. Joe Biden, what do we get from Joe Biden? Don't do it. That's it. Don't do it. Is it going to? That's like when I scold my four-year-old or or try to train my Labrador. Don't do it. it it's not how you train terror. It's not how you train terrorists or push back against terrorists. Um, Miles continued. Um, specifically talking about Hamas. I want to play this clip for you, Nicole. Here, here it is. The situation with Hamas, Palestine, and Israel. There will be major events in the Middle East. The CCP is supporting Iran, and Iran is supporting Syria. Iran is also developing and supplying weapons to Palestine. The CCP is behind all these manipulations. So you think Israel is pretty tough, huh? But considering how strong Israel is, why didn't Mossad learn about Hamas' extensive preparations, including amassing thousands of missiles and rockets, and digging tunnels multiple times over? They missed that. Who is supporting Hamas? Iran and the CCP. Yet, Israelis are also the main suppliers and supporters of technology to the CCP. They haven't sorted out this contradiction. This is something that the Israelis really need to think about. I've told many Jewish friends, mark my words, the greatest damage to you will definitely come from the CCP. So, Nicole, Israel doing the same thing the United States is doing, supplying China, what is virtually our enemy, with all kinds of technology that is even used in a military fashion. And that's why I fear uh, things that have happened to Israel will one day happen to America, that the CCP will use the American-supplied weapon technology and surveillance and money to attack American people on the U.S. soil. And so I think that um, I fear another like World War III is coming. And that's why many people are begging for President Trump to be to return to the White House, because under President Trump, you know, we had we had world peace when America is acting weak chaos happen and the CCP becomes strong. We really need a strong leader for this nation to deter the enemy. It's even better than the military confrontation. And uh, because we had the same 
like navy ships and all the weapons. But when we have a weak leader, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy can see through, and that's why they'll take advantage of our vulnerability to attack, you know, our allies and create chaos. So the strongest leadership is the most important thing that this nation desires to have at this moment. We're hungry for a strong leadership in this country. You know, it's it's not to oversimplify this, but it is a giant poker game, right? So so a strong leader without military action really doesn't come a strong leader without the possibility of military action and it's like playing poker. You can bluff all the time or you can have, but every now and then you got to show that you bluffed. So the person, the, or every now and then you got to show that you had the full house. So they don't know. They don't know which direction you're coming. Every now and then you've got to flex your muscle and use the military. President Trump told me this. I don't know if I ever told you the story, Nicole. I was sitting there eating dinner with President Trump. It was one of the best nights ever for me. It was just a surreal experience. And I'm sitting there, just him and I, and we're eating dinner. And he was telling me the story about him and Vladimir Putin were together. And he says, Grant, I told Vladimir Putin, if you go into Ukraine, I'll bomb Moscow. And he says, Vladimir Putin looked at me and he said, bullshit. And President Trump said, he says, I looked at him and I told him, you know, those big, beautiful rooftops you got in Moscow, kiss them goodbye. And you don't know whether he would have done it or not. I tend to think he just might have. And I think Vladimir Putin said, I don't know whether he's going to do it or not. Maybe I'll wait till there's somebody else in the Oval Office to try. And and that's the threat. And and look, Trump had gone and taken out Soleimani. He had to use the military to do that. Uh, everyone knows on the world stage that he wasn't afraid to not only flex his muscles, but use his muscles. Well, Grant, thank you so much for sharing this wonderful, wonderful <laughs> story. That convinced me to... Agree 100% with your proposal. That is, <laughs> we're going to have direct threat to Iran. We're going to bomb Tehran and we're going to finish you. <laughs> and finish and you. And that's Trump style. I mean, b- because the dictatorships, you know, the evil regime, the only thing works on them is a threat. It's is not it? diplomacy or foreign uh, policy. And look, just to make sure, so any of the media matters people out there say, is I don't want to take out uh, citizens in Iran and bomb Tehran. I just want to, I want to take out the nuclear sites. I want to take out the oil refineries. And as Mike Pompeo said, it may be time to take out Iranian leadership. He's the only guy I heard that offered that up on the table. And remember, that was President Trump's guy while in office. And uh, Pompeo probably would have been recommending that to Trump as well. You know, there's another guy who uh, who knows a lot about the CCP, Nicole, is Steve Bannon, who's on uh, my network, Real America's Voice. Uh, he yeah. was on with Cash Patel, another guy I, I super respect, who's on my show, at, at that show at night all the time. Um, Steve Bannon, one of the founders of the new federal state of China. Listen to him talk about Beijing's role in a lot of this and what needs to be done on that front. Watch. And by the Iranians. Exactly. Same with Hamas. So no, these it, are Persia. This is a proxy war so, with Persia. But we. This we, is why the Chinese Communist Party. Schumer's over there saying, "I'm very disappointed that the Chinese. It's their partner. Yeah. The way to stop this is to get to Beijing and say, "Hey, any more of this? You you shut down the Mullahs right now. If this thing expands, because CCP wants this, because Taiwan's sitting right there. We're occupied in Ukraine. We're occupied in in and now in Israel, in the Middle East. They're going to say, "Hey, we got the Americans sucked back in to." an open-ended, uh, unconditional commitment 
ground war in the Middle East, boom, Taiwan. Yeah, I agree. The CCP is in bed with the Iranians. They are paying for Partners. it um, because it's against American interests. All right, so, Nicole, my question for you is they confirmed everything we talked about. Right. So this is now we have all the people that I respect from Nicole side to Cash Patel to Steve Bannon to Miles Guo to Mike Pompeo. To all these guys are all confirming that everything that, that we say. What about the other countries? What about Egypt? What about Turkey? I'm worried about these countries. What inroads does the CCP have on these countries that were supposed to be allies of America, Saudi Arabia? Where does the CCP come down with those countries? Well, in the absence of a strong leadership in the United States of America, these countries tend to lean on CCP. And so that's why after Trump left the White House, the CCP had been very successful in the Middle East with its uh, Road and Belt Economic Incentive Program. 15 countries signed up, even uh, Israel. And the CCP has been providing the 5G uh, economical um, infrastructure help and also diplomacy. And so this is the reason why that when America becomes weak, all the other countries, they will lean on CCP. And so America, we, and that's, again, I have to emphasize th this again, that we need a strong leadership. We need a president like Donald J. Trump. Amen. I mean, you know, when he was in the White House, the world becomes peaceful and the, those countries, they are leaning on the U.S. And right now, these countries, they tend to exploit the rivalry between U.S. and the CCP and because we're too weak. So so um, you had given me a chart and you briefly talked about this at the top of the program today. I'm going to put it up on the screen. And I was just looking at it as you were mentioning these things. This is um, China, Middle Eastern countries investments from 2005 to 2022. You've got the Belt and Road Initiative, which we talked about, ports, roads, and infrastructure. Then DSR, that's digital silk road. So that's digital infrastructure. And the, the, the one that really sticks out here is this digital infrastructure. Israel is at the, basically the top of the list right there with the UAE. And, and then you've got, you've got Egypt. You've got Saudi Arabia. Of course, you have Iran. You have Turkey. And then the numbers start to go down a little bit here. But these are the main players that China has, what is this, given things to, funded things? What is actually at play here when we talk about all of this infrastructure building and China's involvement, besides access to it as well, I would assume, Nicole? So the chart shows the number of projects that CCP funded in that country as part of the Belt and Road Initiative. And the BRI, the Belt Road Initiative, is the traditional economical um, you know, support for that country's infrastructure that includes port, ports, very important for oil and uh, rail, uh, a railway, and uh, those are the traditional um, infrastructure and digital Silk Road uh, means 5G network, 5G communication so network. Nicole, it's interesting because I look at Israel only, only I say only, but, but four projects Belt and Road, but 42 digital products, 5G. I would think that could possibly give China the keys to the castle. 
You have digital infrastructure. You build back doors into these things, technology, 5G, the ability to spy on the Israelis, all of this. And if they have that ability, they're giving it to Iran. They're giving it to Hamas. They're giving it to all the bad actors. Absolutely. I mean, years ago, like several years ago, the media reported that Huawei bought two secret uh, like a lab in Israel as a research and development center. And so Israel um, has been providing China with state-of-art technology and innovation. And the Belt and Road Initiative is actually an intelligence and military infiltration uh, in the disguise of economical incentive. Because once the CCP funded a port construction, they put their people there and sometimes they send the military there and they, they collect intelligence. So this is 100% infiltration. And so when they infiltrate the Middle East region's network and surveillance, basically that whole region is under CCP's control. And so that's why you know people are wondering, has there been a massive intelligence failure that has led to the you know calamity in uh, uh, in Israel. I mean, how come Mossad has the most world's most sophisticated intelligence network? How come they didn't detect? Yeah. And how come America, the CIA, I mean, why, why, you know, everything has gone off the radar? Maybe that has something to do with the CCP controlling the network, yeah. the infrastructure. And, and the messaging from confidential insor- sources, because, you know, the United States did this in World War II. When we were planning for D-Day's invasion, We tricked the Germans by giving their intelligence sources false information. It's a very complex move to make, and it takes a lot of planning in order to get this to happen. There's no way Hamas could do this on their own. It would take Iran, most likely with Chinese help, in order to have Israel look the other way, just as we had Germans looking the other way for the D-Day invasion. Uh, And then this comes out. I'm going to play a clip from you from Michael McCall, the congressman from Texas, is on intelligence in Congress who says Egypt tipped them off, tipped Israel off. Now, I'm going to play this. Um, Take a listen here. We heard from the administration. There seems to have been a failure of intelligence as well. Uh, We're not quite sure how we missed it. We're not quite sure how Israel missed it. We know that Egypt had warned the Israelis three days prior that an event, event like this could happen. We know that this had been planned perhaps as long as a year ago. The other concern. All right. So maybe up to a year. But here's what's really, really interesting now is that he claims that Benjamin Netanyahu now, the prime minister of Israel, comes out and says, that's fake news. Egypt didn't warn us. Michael McCall then comes out. It was either late yesterday or today and says, no, Egypt says they warned Israel. My hands are up in here. I don't know what's going on. This is indeed a bombshell reporting. I, I'm still in shock. And um, yesterday, actually, President Trump also talked about um, uh, Israel prime minister for not supporting the U.S. in taking down the uh, Iranian uh, terrorist leader. Yeah. And uh, at the, you know, he, he withdraw from at the last minute. And then he later claimed the credit after America took down that uh, terrorist leader and president trump has very been very unfiltered mm-hmm. about his criticism of the leadership in israel 
And I also saw that uh, Jerusalem Post, they did a survey about, I think, four out of five people in Israel actually think the, um, the government is to be blamed for causing this disaster. So, so that's according to the survey in, uh, look, uh, it, in Israel. I, I, you know, I didn't even bring this up on the radio show. And I, I, it came up. And I thought about talking about it, but I don't want to even believe. I have great respect for Benjamin Netanyahu. I really like. I like his tough talk. I think he's he's my kind of guy. He's a, he's a guy's guy. He be, I believe that he truly loves Israel. So for me to hear or even contemplate, and I have been contemplating the fact because nothing is ever what it seems anymore. Is it possible that Israel knew and allowed this to happen? to unify a nation that was nearly in civil war, maybe even less than a year ago, nearly in civil war. Now you've got talk of a unified government, everybody coming together. Everybody is on board with all of this stuff. If that was the case, I, I don't know. That makes me so sick to my stomach. And I would hope and pray that, that that couldn't be the case, but certainly wondering about it. When you hear all these stories go by, you, you, you have to ask. Grant, I'm still in denial yeah. of everything that I saw and I, and everything that I just said, but it's in the news. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that Pre uh, President Trump has always been a very truthful person. He's very well known for his unfiltered speech. And he chose this time, you know, to, to tell what happened from years ago. And um, maybe he's asking people in is, uh, Israel to be cautious about their own leadership and not to be 100 percent. Yeah. And trust. I don't know. I don't President know Trump how to is interpret known, this. He's known to drop hints about things. And maybe there was more to it than just telling the story. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to let that one play out before I start throwing those kind of accusations around because they're the worst kind of accusations possible. But I'm going to tell you this. I am going to be constantly looking at it eyes wide open and uh, not adverse to the possibility that, that that could have happened. Because again, in every government across the world, things are never, ever, ever what they seem. Um, Nicole, I'll give you the last word today uh, just to, to sum things up. Yeah, I, I just, I do want to add that um, uh, Israel actually allowed the CCP to, um, to build uh, its uh, very important port inside uh, Israel territory. Uh, where the U.S. 6th Fleet is based. And uh, so it's U.S. who urged uh, the Israeli government to drop it because it's harming the U.S. interest. Mm. And I think that uh, U.S. has also been urging uh, Israel not to provide state-of-art weapon and uh, technology to CCP. And because uh, Israel is our ally, so they, they listened, they dropped. But I, I, I just didn't feel comfortable about, you know, providing um, the support for a for CCP and also allowing the CCP to build its intelligence, you know, the, the, the port uh, where the U.S. you know, military is based. So those things just, just didn't make me feel comfortable. And it shouldn't. This is literally the Trojan horse. It's literally yes. letting the wolf in the hen house. I know those are old, old uh, analogies, but they fit uh, on this. You can't let your enemies in behind closed doors. As we've said, even here in the United States, they're not just in, in the backyard. 
They've come in through the front door, and they're sitting in the living room. They're on our couches right now. That's how ingrained the CCP is in the United States, in Israel, and probably all across the country uh, and the world. Nicole Sai, I appreciate you coming on with the new federal state of China. Thank you. Thank you, Grant. I always learn a great um, from you and uh, very happy to be on your podcast. Well, Thank you so much for having me today. I, I will tell you, Nicole, that uh, the feeling is very, very mutual. Uh, it's always educational um, having you come on. And I learn as well during this podcast. I hope all the viewers, Stinchfield's Army, uh, learn something as well. So uh, I'm honored that you say those things to me. But uh, the pleasure and honor is mine having you on the program. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll talk again soon. Folks, that's going to do it for Stinchfield. Don't forget, uh, of course, uh, not that, but this, GrantStinchfield.com, GrantStinchfield.com, Stinchfield1776, social media outlets. We're streaming live on just about everywhere now for uh, for all of the podcasts, um, uh, just about every day now at, uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So please, if you're watching the video, hit like, share it, Go to the website, sign up for the email list, and uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, anywhere podcasts are found. Stinchfield's Army Rolls, thanks to all of you. We will see you on the Real America's Voice Show tonight at 7 o'clock.